Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. So glad to be with you. And thanks again for all of the patience, I guess, is the correct thing to say this week as we have moved studios and lots of technical problems, but our wonderful crew at Big X and Word Media getting the job done. And fingers crossed that I think today we are good to go. Producer Justin Kalen will correct me otherwise, but our telephones are working. The text line obviously been good to go, and we should be set for our regular Friday guest, which is exciting. The last regular show we had was last week on this day. So glad to be with you. Glad, uh, we hope, I should say, things are back to normal. And we can get ready for IU football this weekend, high school football tonight, and we are getting closer and closer to the basketball season. So a lot of fun ahead today and next week as we work our way to the hoops season. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany, segment one. We've got our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll take a look at a couple IU women's basketball notes. They're going to be really good again this season. That don't think is any surprise to anyone. We'll talk about some recruiting. We'll look at IU football's opponent this weekend in Maryland and a lot more here in segment number one. Later in the show, Dylan Wallace will be with us. Dylan, the former sports editor at the News and Tribune, excuse me, at the the Seymour Tribune. He's with us on Fridays still as we talk IU basketball and more. So stay with us for Dylan. We'll jump into the football game. Does Indiana have any hope of bringing this one in? Can they get a win on the road against a Maryland team that is undefeated to date? Uh, don't think that's going to be the case, but you never know. Maybe Indiana will shock us. Maybe Taven Jackson and Jalen Lucas and others will have an outstanding game on the road, but we'll see how that one goes. Dylan will break that down with us. And then later today, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star with us. With Kyle, we'll talk recruiting and a little high school football. Lots to get to and get caught up on, Kyle. It's been a while since we've had him with us here on our Friday show. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. How about trying Honey Baked Ham today for a delicious lunch? They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily. They'll surely satisfy any craving you might have. You may even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think that you'll be glad that you did. All right, uh, let's get into some of these headlines. And first, remind you, the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Send in predictions on IU football. I'd love to hear what 
some of the fans think. I've kind of given you my opinion already. Uh, send in other comments on football, basketball, high school football tonight. Boy, the Highlanders have a big one. They take on Bedford for supremacy, at least at this point of the regular season, supremacy in the Hoosier Hills Conference. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and fire me a text, 502 414 1450. Let's get into our headlines of the day. First off, Indiana, 2-2 on the season after a scary movie last Saturday night in a game that ended really late against Akron where Indiana, fortunate to win in four overtimes, takes on a Maryland team that is off to a good start this season. 3.30 kickoff on Saturday. The game will be televised on the Big Ten Network. And looking at Maryland, who's already 1-0 in the conference, I mentioned undefeated. They are 4-0 overall. Uh, a number of uh, key players and a number of things that have really stood out for Maryland so far this season. One thing I noticed uh, yesterday reading about Maryland, the defense only giving up 12 points a game, which is fourth best in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, I know a new defensive coordinator, Brian, excuse me, second year defensive coordinator Brian Williams calling the plays on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, definitely a team that is off to a good start, has high hopes to make some noise in the Big Ten. And how about this, Maryland, who I guess at times has been okay in college football, they're just a couple games away, a couple wins away from being bowl eligible already. How would that be? Uh, can you imagine a schedule where Indiana and a team that was good enough to get bowl eligible or at least be in the conversation right out of the gate the first three or four weeks of the college football season must be pretty nice for Terrapin fans. But uh, Maryland and Indiana coming up on Saturday, and uh, I can't pronounce their quarterback's name, but Taglio, I'm not sure, but he, he's good. He's having a really good season uh, for the uh, Terrapins so far. A couple other notes, uh, the tip-off time, let's get to basketball. The tip-off time and television designation has been announced for the IU game down in Atlanta. That's when the Hoosiers will take on Auburn, a big non-conference game. Uh, the ESPN and Southeast Conference, the SEC announcements, gave this one to us yesterday. The uh, game will tip at 2 o'clock Eastern time. Of course, that game is on December 9th at State Farm Arena in downtown Atlanta, and the game will be broadcast on ESPN2. Of course, uh, Bruce Pearl, the coach of Auburn, he's got connections to our area. Remember, he was the coach years and years ago at the University of Southern Indiana, had a lot of success there, but he kind of uh, raised the ante of this non-conference game. It already was a big one, but he raised the ante because he basically said the Hoosiers, in his mind, were a top-ten team in college basketball this season when he was going through that game and some of their other non-conference matchups. So who knows if he truly feels that way or if he's just gassing up his team and setting the storyline for a very tough uh, neutral arena, neutral site game for the Tigers. But uh, that will be a big one, and I think that will be a fun one, an early test for IU to see exactly where things stand. So that tip time, 2 o'clock, December 9th, ESPN2. We now know, and, that, and that's really now that the schedule's set, 
All we've got left is waiting on some tip times, which some of them don't come out until much closer to the actual game. And then, of course, the tele television designations. We know basically that a lot of the games are going to be on the Big Ten Network, the conference games, but some of the big ones are set for national television. Some of those have been announced. Uh, others, including a lot of the non-conference games, still up in the air as far as the television designations. But really, I guess the only thing fans should care about when it comes to TV and times is, number one, the late-night games, probably really tough during the week for people that have to get up early. And number two, you want to make sure you have access as we all cut the cable, or so many people have, to the different channels that Indiana's on. And I think that everything should be good for that this season outside of one or two games that will be on Big Ten Plus, as always. But I know that's always a concern as you inch closer to college basketball season. Uh, so many changes with the different streaming outfits and the t television channels that they maybe have deals with or have lost deals with and how that affects IU fans and just really in general watching all the college basketball you want here the upcoming season. But uh, that Indiana and Auburn game, we know it will be on ESPN2 on December 9th. Let's get into an IU women's basketball note before we jump into some recruiting stuff. The women Hoosiers are going to be really good. I think we all know that. But ESPN's way too early, top 25 for 23-24. They've got Indiana at number 10 in the country. And the little paragraph uh, from Charlie Cream, who wrote about Indiana, he said, quote, what Terry Morin has built in Bloomington should be good enough to withstand the, late, the loss of Grace Berger, but it won't be easy. It helps to have Mackenzie Holmes, one of the most efficient players in the Big Ten has ever seen, back for a fifth year. The six-foot-three Holmes, the Hoosiers' first-ever first-team All-American, has made at least 60% of her shots every season of her career. Senior Chloe Moore McNeil will likely inherit much of Berger's ball handling duties and had a better than 4 to 1 assist to turnover ratio last season. Sarah, Sarah Scalia and Sydney Parrish are also versatile enough to play anywhere on the perimeter. Yarden Garzon led the Big Ten with 48, excuse me, 45.8% from three-point shooting and could be a breakout offensive player as a sophomore. So there's more there, but those are some of the opening sentences and kind of summarize exactly how good this Indiana team could be and some of the really big names and who is going to have to step up to replace Grace Berger, who had a solid year with the Indiana Fever beginning her professional career. She's now overseas, as a lot of the women pros do, getting a second season in, making some additional money, and getting a chance to work on her game as well. IU basketball recruiting, boy, there's a lot of names out there in play for Indiana. Liam McNeely, Boogie Fland, and I guess I'd say Derek Queen, probably the three big ones out there right now for Indiana. We talk a lot about McNeely daily on this program. There's a lot of national people that think he's ultimately going to pick Indiana. He's down to the Hoosiers and the Kansas Jayhawks. There's been some reports this week that Boogie Fland out of New York uh, has a lot of buzz with Indiana, that Indiana has a legitimate chance to land him. Um, so that has been coming out. I know Rob Cassidy with Rivals. He ranked the contenders for Boogie recently in a story. I know Flan currently has top eight schools on his list, but the three suitors that are real serious, Kentucky, Indiana, and Alabama, 
and Cassidy had Indiana right now as the second choice behind Kentucky, but he did mention momentum for Indiana in the recruitment of Boogie Fland. He wrote, quote, multiple people in the know have referred to Indiana as the sleeper in Fland's recruitment for some time now, but the Hoosiers have gone from sleeper to serious player in the last few weeks. Flan visited Bloomington in the summer and has been a priority for the Hoosiers ever since as head coach Mike Woodson has made multiple trips to New York to see the five-star guard. He even spoke at a coaching clinic at Flan's high school. Woodson and company like their chances here, even if UK and Alabama might be tough to topple. So it sounds like Indiana has a chance to get him. Now, they may not be the front runner. It might come down to the last second, but that is exciting, I'm sure, for IU fans to see the Hoosiers be involved with so many key players. One thing when it comes to Kentucky and their chances to land Flan, they're also after a guy named Jasper Johnson, who's from Kentucky and recently uh, reclassified to 2024 when he switched high school. He, his father played football at Kentucky and still lives close to Lexington, and so there's some interest there. Uh, very similar, I think people would describe Johnson and Fland as versatile combo guards. So if Johnson were to pick Kentucky now that he's reclassed to 2024, could that help Indiana's chances, at least on paper? It would seem possible that it could, uh, so we'll see. But Boogie Flan probably is uh, popular right now as any recruiting target that Indiana is after at this point. Missouri as well, they picked up a big commitment. Anar uh, Honor, I never have been able to say his name correctly, Anor Boateng, I believe is the right way to say it. We had his coach from Little Rock on uh, back a month or so ago, but he committed to Missouri over the weekend, taking him off the board for the Hoosiers. He was another really intriguing prospect that Indiana was involved with, and he was set to make his visit, uh, his commitment, I should say, right after a visit to Indiana. And obviously all of that is off now as he's already made the decision to go to Missouri. But he's a, a big player. I can't wait to see what he does in college basketball for a season or two. He's somebody that would have been outstanding in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, let's remind you of high school football tonight. The big game on paper is a rivalry game, Jeffersonville and New Albany. Going to be a lot of fun because not only is it a rivalry that engages the two communities and the fan bases, but it's just such a meaningful game. New Albany and Jeff, two of the bigger schools in the area, lots of athletic tradition, especially with basketball and a few other sports. Not as much with football as far as success goes, but anytime you get the dogs and the devils together on the same field, it's a big deal. And so we'll see how it goes tonight. But New Albany, a one-win team. Jeffersonville, a two-win team. And speaking of that New Albany-Jeff game, Justin Kalen will have that broadcast tonight. And because of some other conflicts, it's going to be on 900 a.m., which is one of our other sister stations. So 900 a.m. tonight, 7 o'clock, New Albany and Jeffersonville. So on paper, that's the big one that matters. It's going to get some of the local storylines. And because the teams have been pretty dismal so far this season, it actually should be a very competitive game. And, and the teams could meet again possibly in a few weeks, depending on how the sectional draws go. So um, New Albany and Jeff is always fun, and it should be a good one tonight, although neither team is really a threat as far as the conference goes or as far as a chance to win or have success in the postseason, at least this year. The other game to pay attention to, Floyd Central and Bedford. And the winner of that game tonight will really be in a good position 
for the Hoosier Hills Conference champion. Floyd Central has now entered the Class 5A rankings at number 10. They are having an outstanding season, 5-1 and one overall, 3-0 and oh in the Hoosier Hills Conference. Bedford 4-2, and two, but they're also 4-0, and oh, undefeated in the conference as well. So uh, this game has very, very meaningful impacts to the HHC standings here, especially as we're this late in the season, the regular season as we are. But 7 o'clock tonight for that contest. That game is at Floyd Central. It's going to be a really good one as well and with uh, major Hoosier Hills Conference implications on the line. Silver Creek is, or excuse me, Floyd Central has been really a, a good surprise this season. Maybe Highlander fans would argue that they thought they would have this kind of year. I thought they would be solid, decent, middle of the road, but 5-1, and one, the way they've won some of the games, their only loss was to Louisville St. X in week one of the regular season. It's been an outstanding year for James Bragg and his ball club, and they've got a chance in the postseason. They've got a chance to win 5A sectional 16. If you look at some of the teams in there, just a four-teamer, you've got Evansville North that's 4-2. and two. You've got... Uh, Floyd Central, that's four and uh, five and one. New Albany, one and five, and Castle, three and three. So a look at the sectional there. It's going to come down. It looks like on paper, at least, to Floyd Central and Evansville North. But that's a big one tonight. And then I mentioned this yesterday, but one of the other games I'll be watching tonight. Silver Creek quietly has worked their way to four and two on the season, and they play at North Harrison, who's five and one tonight. We'll see if the Dragons can hang with the Cougars because I'm curious if North Harrison wins that one, they will have no problem going into the last game of the regular season, which is at Providence and likely will be a one-loss team. And it's possible that Providence is an undefeated team at that point. So just a couple of things shaking, shaping up here over the last few weeks of the regular season in high school football. That's a look at our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. New Albany and Jeff on the radio tonight, 900 uh, a.m. 900 a.m. for New Albany and Jeff. A 7 o'clock kickoff between the Bulldogs and the Red Devils. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Dylan Wallace to talk IU football. We'll dive into the IU-Maryland game. We'll get into some other stuff as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Craft Sporting Goods is Southern. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday edition of the program. Dylan Wallace, former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He now works at the University of Notre Dame, and he's a great friend of the show, keeps up with Indiana very closely, and is with us Fridays to talk all things Indiana. Dylan, great to have you with us today. Yep, new studios. It's been interesting uh, to get to this point. In fact, as we... Say that, Dylan. I'm trying to adjust some levels here so I can hear you uh, correctly as we go through this conversation. But uh, it's exciting times for us, and uh, the new studio in Louisville is the real deal. 
And uh, But it's been interesting to get to this point. So thanks for being with us. Dylan, uh, is having a little trouble hearing you here, so I'm going to do the best I can to get through this with you. But let's talk IU football for the weekend, and it's a tough game coming up uh, against Maryland. Uh, there's no question about it that this Maryland team undefeated and uh, putting some good things together on the field so far this season. And uh, basically, I think uh, I can't find any which way to convince myself or IU fans listening to the show that Indiana has a fairly decent chance to go on the road and win this weekend. Executed lately, the defense looks like they've had some holes in them, which, which could be exploited by Maryland as well. So uh, it's going to be a, a tough matchup, especially on the road. Their first true road game this year, so we'll see how that plays out for them. But, you know, if any of them can just get back to how they played in the second half of Louisville, you think they can be competitive in this game. But just from what we saw on last week, the whole game against Akron and the four overtimes, um, it's just not a good outlook right now for the team. And hopefully they get the momentum back, but it's going to be a tough one because Maryland's definitely. Uh, doing pretty well right now. Talking with uh, talking with uh, Dylan Wallace uh, here on this Friday edition of the program. Going back to that Akron game, Coach Allen has been under fire. There have been some uh, obviously social media. There's no question that that's an easy place for everybody to come under fire these days. But uh, any thoughts on some of the fallout from that game? Concerns about the play calling? Just generally concerns about only beating Akron a mid-major program at best in four overtimes. Um, just the fallout from that game. I think it's pretty justified. Um, you look at what has happened with Indiana in the last few years. Um, you know, they've had it's taken a lot for them to win some of these games against these lower-level opponents. You know, you think back to last year, West Kentucky had to miss a field goal to win the game, so that Indiana could go into overtime and beat them. Same thing with Akron last week. You know, the Michigan State game they won last year. Michigan State at the point like still going to go to overtime. So, you know, Indiana's had some wins lately where they've kind of gotten lucky. And I know it's part of the game, but um, they shouldn't take that much for Indiana to beat a team like Akron. Um, I think the play calling was pretty bad. You know, especially after the offense showed some good stuff against Louisville in the second half. You know, you saw Taylor Jackson open it up. You saw them use Jalen Lucas in the passing game. Um, and the fact that that was just kind of a non-factor against Akron, and the fact that they said, you know, it was what Akron was doing to them, well, you know, if Indiana can't figure out how to combat what Akron's running defensively, it's going to be a struggle the rest of the Big Ten season for them. Um, so I think it's all a pretty fair criticism right now, um, and, you know, we're going to see how they respond to it. They're going to have to really step up and, and put on a show uh, this rest of the year, especially at Maryland against some of these other teams that they have potential to beat, you know, because if they – if you struggle and earn an offense that doesn't look great, um, there's going to be some major moves that made again in this coaching staff. Um, we've seen a lot of it lately. We've seen a lot of Tom Allen trying to struggle with the offense ever since Kellen DeBoer left. So um, I think it's all been pretty fair criticism, and uh, they just kind of hope up the playbook and use their – because they have good, 
skilled players. They've got to use them more effectively. So um, we'll see how it plays out, but I think it's probably pretty fair this week. All right, Dylan Wallace uh, joining us, former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's with us Fridays on the show talking IU football and more. Dylan, you've been a student at Indiana previously. You've been a fan of this program. You've covered the program for years as a member of the media. So what's the feel you have from your friends and fans and others that really follow this IU football program on Tom Allen and his standing at IU as the football coach? It's been really interesting. Um, I think a lot of fans and people that I know have been, you know, we, we can't deny what happened in 2018 to 2020. Those three years were really exciting. It, it gave the program stuff that they haven't seen in a really, really long time. Um, and it was fun to, to, to be a part of it and kind of watch it grow. And all that is true. But what has happened the last two and a half years um, is really disappointing. It just seems like Indiana has lost. All momentum, it seems like the culture, you know, when you're winning, the LEO stuff and all the high stuff is, is fun. And when you're losing, you know, all that stuff starts to wear out. Um, and I think this is happening right now. Is They're just like, okay, you might be good at giving speeches, but when it comes out of the X's and O's and then clock management and hiring the right coordinators and running the right schemes and being prepared, you know, it just seems like a lot of people are pretty upset with how that has been managed the program the last few years. And it's pretty rightfully so, you know. So I think I think it's tough with Allen because you, you have to acknowledge what they were able to do a few years ago. But on the other hand, you know, it's year, what, seven? And it feels like they're in a rebuilding stage, which, which shouldn't be the case, you know. Um, it shouldn't be this bad right now, um, which I think is a lot of the frustrations from the fans. So uh, that's kind of where a lot of people stand, and that's kind of where I'm falling into right now. And, you know, you, I, you try to give them the benefit of the doubt, but when – and continues to trot out offenses like that and just don't play matter of football, and, and they can't compete, they can't do the little things to, to be able to hang with some of these teams that should be on their level, um, it's, it's tough. Um, so there's a lot of seasons left to be played. You know, this can be all corrected here. They can get some momentum back and, and beat some teams in the conference. But um, just what, what you saw last weekend um, just has everybody in the fan base. It seems like everyone's just really down right now. And pretty upset with the direction of how it's going. So I'm bored with the coaching change. Dylan Wallace with me here on this Friday show. We're talking IU football, maybe what the future of Tom Allen is. Dylan, if Indiana's a two or three win team this season, and I can't find a way to convince myself that they'll be more than that when the conclusion of the regular season arrives. Your opinion, and I know there's a lot that goes into this, finances, buyouts, other things, but is Tom Allen the coach next year if Indiana finishes with two or three wins and a very, very disappointing season once again? It's a tough question. Um, I don't think anyone would want him to be the coach next season if they only win one more game the rest of the year or no more games for the rest of the year. I think it'd be tough to bring him back if that is the case because that's three straight years of you know, winning basically seven games total, um, or maybe even less than that. So I think it's going to be tough, but again, like you said, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. You know, the buyout deal, you know, doesn't go down quite yet. Um, so I'm not sure what the athletic department will be comfortable with doing. Will they get a bunch of donations with, with boosters, sort of like what happened with when Archie Miller was let go? You know, they got a huge thing that was sent in to, to make sure that happened. So you never know kind of if the football program has 
sort of that fall down like that as basketball does. So um, it's going to take a lot for him to probably be gone. But I would say if they don't win, if they win just one more game, or they win no more games the rest of the year, uh, it's going to be tough to bring him back. It's going to be tough for a lot of fans to, to be kind of ready or excited for any sort of next season if he's still the head coach. Um, so hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully they can they can train together some stuff. You know, that the schedule gives them opportunities with Maryland and Illinois is not great. You know, even Wisconsin is not as strong as they usually are. And there's obviously Purdue and Rutgers as well. And Michigan State's kind of been down. So there's plenty of chances on the schedule, which is why I think if they fail to win another game or just one more game, it's really, really bad. Because these teams aren't that much talent-wise better than Indiana. But when it comes to coaching and the management of programs, um, if they can't win a lot more games this year, then I, I'm, I'm saying they have to win six or five. But, you know, just to get a few more wins, it's going to be really tough to, to see him back as head coach. But there's going to be a lot that goes into it, and the Fletch Department's going to have a lot of decisions to make. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how these next kind of few months play out with Indiana football because there could be some big changes uh, coming forward, or maybe it'll be in a better spot than we think it will be. Who knows? Be interesting to see, that's for sure. Dylan Wallace with his Fridays on the show. Uh, Dylan, let's flip the basketball for a minute. Boy, there's a lot of excitement about recruiting right now. Uh, what's your take on where things stand with Liam McNeely and Boogie Fland and some of these others? Do you think that Mike Woodson, who's got a seat at the table at least with some of these really big names in recruiting right now, do you think that he is going to turn that into a commitment or two from some of these top-tier guys? I hope so, and um, it's been it's been kind of fun to watch what he's been doing lately. They have really, you know, they obviously don't have any commits for 2024 yet, but they have really locked themselves into some of these higher, talented, top tier recruits, which is which is kind of fun to follow. And obviously, if you if you swing and miss on all of them, there's going to be some panic, and people aren't going to be very happy. Obviously, there's the November signing period coming up, and you might have to do some scrambling work in the spring. But, you know, I think there's a lot of excitement and a lot of optimism about McNeely. Um, and then, you know, with, with, with Queen and Boogie Flynn, you know, those are, those are still pretty competitive. You know, Queen still got Maryland, Houston, Flynn's got Kentucky and Alabama, obviously two big programs. So those guys are going to be pretty tough. Um, but I think if you can land just one of these guys and, and if you can somehow get two, uh, it's going to be a really, really big success for Indiana. So um, these next few weeks are going to be pretty key here watching what they're able to do. But I do like how they just seem like they're going all in on these three guys. Um, you know, you probably won't get all of them, but if you're able to get one or two, it's going to be pretty exciting. So I like what they're doing. I like that Woodson and Indiana in the mix. Um, I, I think they're going to be able to probably get in one of these guys. Um, and I think it'll be a good thing for the program. So um, it's been fun to follow. And obviously some fans you see are getting pretty excited about what could potentially come here in the next few weeks. So um, I, I think I think I'm a little more optimistic about it. And, uh, you just hope they don't swing and miss on all three guys because um, then you're going to be kind of scrambling for what are you going to do with that class. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it happens. But I do like where Indiana stands with all three. And a lot more work to do on clean and planned. But and you know I think Ben's more optimistic about the really right now. But I think um, these next kind of few weeks should be really really interesting and see how it plays out. And, and hopefully keep the momentum they're recruiting going because they've been doing pretty good so far. Dylan Wallace with us on this Friday edition of the program talking IU football and basketball. Dylan, media days was last week. The season and Hoosier hysteria are drawing close. I, 
I go back and forth on my read for this team this season. There are some people that seem to be really high on Indiana as far as what their standing in the Big Ten Conference could be. There's other people that uh, may be a little uh, not unsure on the Hoosiers, have them seventh or eighth in the Big Ten Conference. As we get closer and we hear from the guys and we think about lineups and returning players and new faces, where would you put Indiana at as we get ready to enter the month of October? I feel pretty comfortable in thinking Indiana's going to be a top four team in the Big Ten. Um, I think if they're seven or eight, it'd be kind of surprising to me. I think talent-wise, this team has a lot of good options. Um, and I know it's going to take some time to gel. They're going to take a lot of time to get chemistry and then play together as a good team, and they're going to be tested early and you know might hate them early bumps. But I do think with the makeup of this team and the type of players they have, I think they have just a really good upside for this roster. And I think it's a team that's built to be better, playing better basketball at the end of the year than they are at maybe the beginning. So, you know, I would hopefully encourage fans, you know, don't get too upset if they lose to Auburn, if they lose to Utah. Um, you know, and I think, you know, there's some good opportunities on the schedule to get some good wins early on, too. Um, so, I think this team will be pretty pretty exciting. I think they definitely have a chance to compete for a big Ten title. I know Purdue and Michigan State are, are clearly the top two right now. But um, I really like Indiana's outlook for this year. I'm pretty excited. The roster, having Xavier Johnson back and all these exciting new pieces with Trey Galloway, some of the more experienced guys we're used to. You know, I just think you know, the one option, it just going to look different this year, I think. I think the size of Indiana basketball and how they play and who the options are, obviously just not having Trace down low. I just think it's going to be really fun to watch, um, and, and I'm really curious to see how they play, and I, I have a trust in the coaching staff to be able to figure things out and get these guys to kind of buy in. So um, I definitely think they'll be a the top four team in the conference, um, and I and hopefully you know they're a little bit more than that as well. So um, I'm pretty excited, and I think they'll be playing. They're built to kind of play their best ball towards the end of the year, which is what you want for the most part. Dylan Wallace with us on, on Fridays. Dylan, thanks for bearing with us. Hope you can hear me okay, but some technical problems. Still able to get Dylan on the air. Thanks, listeners, for bearing with us. And, Dylan, thanks, as always, for joining us today. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. One final segment coming up uh, for our Friday show. Don't forget New Albany and Jeff tonight on 900 a.m., that is our feature game for Southern Indiana High School football, but some other good ones tonight as well. Floyd Central and Bedford, the winner of that game, will have a real jump on the Hoosier Hills Conference crown this season. And I think North Harrison and Silver Creek will be interesting as well. And for that matter, Providence and Milan should be an interesting game to watch. Are the Pioneers capable of adding to their undefeated win total as we head into the back end of the season? Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday program. Cal Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star, my guest, and the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 
414-1450. Kyle, as we get ready for another Friday night of football here in our area, I know you're doing the same. It is hard to believe that we are almost to the end of the regular season. Three more weeks of regular se season games, including tonight. Yeah, next Sunday will be the uh, uh, tournament draw, and, and we'll be off and looking forward to the sectional. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to believe we're already, already this far along and, and almost uh, starting to think about those playoff times already. And, Kyle, the uh, tournament pairings come out soon. What are we, a week or so away from at least the announcements of the pairings? Yeah, next next Sunday will be uh, Sunday evening, I believe, will be the pairings, and like I said, we'll get to get to kind of know what the uh, matchups will be at that time, and and probably a lot of rematches. Actually, that first week too, we'll not have the five A and six A teams playing for the most part. Maybe one or two games in five A, if I remember correctly. But uh, it's sort of the chance for the small schools to take. Uh, a little bit of the spotlight and and uh, and a week off for the six A and five A, which I kind of like. I think that's kind of a nice. I've kind of liked that change to the tournament format uh, from that regard. So you get you can get some of those players healed up and healthy by the first round of the sectional. I know some coaches don't like it, some do, uh, but I think it's uh, yeah, I think it's a good it's a good thing. Talking with Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star, Kyle, uh, we start to think about the postseason. Obviously, you have a great read right in the center of our state on some of the big programs that have a chance to do damage throughout the season. I've asked you, hey, different classes, different games in your area, who, who's got the best chance to, to win some of these classifications in high school football in our state? Is there a team or two in a different class or two that you'd almost be willing to say for sure has a great opportunity to win a state championship because of a very dominant regular season? Yeah, I would definitely say that uh, Lutheran in, in 1A is probably the, the singular team that has the best chance in any class, and, and they've done it the last two years uh, in 1A, kind of sort of through the the weirdness of the pandemic and just how teams are classified. They, they didn't move up. You know, they, they had a, an opportunity now to win a third straight uh, 1A championship, and then we'll move up next year. Uh, but they're probably the team that's got the most – uh, if you're looking, if you're doing like a percentages or uh, mathematical equation on the team with the best chance to win state, I would think you know they've just been so dominant, probably more dominant than they've been the last two years, uh, really. And they're six and zero in a really good conference where they play mostly two A and three A teams, and you know they play a Monrovia team tonight in the conference. It's five and one, but uh, you, you have to say they're a pretty big favorite even to win that game on the road. So. You know they're just they're very explosive, uh, very athletic, um, probably better defensively than they've been, uh, and just as good offensively. So they're probably the one I would say that's you kind of look at it and say if if they lost it would be a, a real surprise. Now Adam Central on the the north half of that one A bracket has made it to state the last couple of years and they're very good as well. I know Providence down in your area too is a very good one A uh, program, but. Uh, but I would just—I'd be surprised if Lutheran uh, didn't come out of it. And then yeah, I think in 4A too, probably East Central is the—you know—they're the defending state champs. I think they're probably the 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 definite favorite to win it. They've got a Mr. Football candidate and Josh Ringer. I know some people think he's probably even the favorite to win Mr. Football. So you know, you've got some really—you know—those those two classes especially. I think, but you know, even in 4A, you look down the list and it's like there's a lot of really good teams. 
that could challenge East Central potentially, including you know, I know Evansville writes a memorial play tonight. Uh, that that should be a fantastic game. Those teams are ranked two and three, uh, but you know four and one A to me. You know when I look at it, I think those are the two classes where you know if East Central lost in four A, if Lutheran lost in one A, you know you'd be a little bit surprised if that happened. Whereas any of the other four classes, I think uh, to a certain extent are relatively wide open, especially uh, like five A. You know five A this year you've got. You know, Bloomington North is ranked number one for the first time, and Bloomington South is ranked three. So, you know, those two teams could play each other, uh, or probably will for sure play each other in the sectional. And then you've got, like, Fort Wayne Snyder, which they play a great schedule up there uh, in Fort Wayne, just lost their first game to Homestead last week. And, and in our area, it's just super wide open in 5A, like Plainfield, Decatur. You know, I'm going to go see Plainfield tonight, actually, Plainfield and Franklin. Uh, but you go up and down the list in 5A, you're like, you don't know who, who could come out of that class. So that'll, that'll be a fun one. Maybe the most fun of any class will be that 5A group. Cal Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Cal, let's talk a little basketball. I'll ask you the same question, basically, for basketball months away from the season. Got a dominant team or two in Indiana that you're ready to write about, ready to go see here in the preseason? Yeah, I mean... I'm kind of judging it off what I saw at the Charlie Hughes a little bit and then kind of knowledge moving forward of, you know, knowing that doesn't always translate, but it's a good kind of, uh, it's a good kind of um, baseline, I guess, for, for knowing what to expect for the upcoming season. And I, the best teams I saw there were Lawrence, Lawrence North and Fishers. Uh, the difference with Fishers is that, you know, they lost uh, their marquee player, Jalen Harrelson, to Lalamere. So, you know, they're, they're, you know, everyone, they still have a very good team, very balanced team, very uh, athletic and experienced team. But anytime you lose a player of that caliber, it kind of changes everything, bumps everybody up a spot. So you don't know how they react to those uh, those changes necessarily. But, you know, I would say, you know, the, the other best team I saw was Lawrence North at the Charlie Hughes, and, and they do have everybody coming back. Uh, Xavier Robinson, who's going to be a junior, and then several senior guards. And the only question with them, with them is, you know, they just don't have a ton of size. You know, so that's kind of the the thing they'll be battling a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, you can't you can't not think about Ben Davis. You know, coming back from their undefeated season, but there's a lot of unknown there with uh, the Don Carlisle situation, um, as well as losing some key pieces from that team uh, last year. So. You know, but still, I think they're going to be. They still have the talent and the experience to be uh, a very good team. Just probably not as dominant as they were. And then I think everyone else is just sort of like you're in a group of teams that you don't know for sure uh, in four A at least. Like you know who, who's going to rise to the top. And a lot of teams that lost a lot from last year. Uh, the senior class isn't quite as deep, I would say, as as some other classes we've had. Uh, but this 25 class is, is really strong and, and balanced and very good. Uh, so you have a lot of juniors who are in new roles this year, I think. A lot of sophomores, too. That 26 class looks promising uh, as well. So, you know, it's just so, it's, you know, I will say, like, you know, like Brownstown Central, you know who they are. You know who they're going to, you know, they're going to be very good, I think, competitive with any team in any class. Uh, there are teams like that out there that, uh, you know, I think are pretty pretty well geared up. You know, Kokomo is another one. You know, they're going to be a lot different, uh, but they have Flory Badunga. So, you know, <laughs> anytime you got a top five, top ten guy in the country, uh, you still got a shot. So, 
it's it's going to be fun. I started to look into that a little bit more. I was out at uh, talking to Braylon Mullins yesterday at Greenfield and, and uh, you know starting to get excited for basketball season. But uh, we still have a whole month of October with football. And uh, in November, we kind of have the, the crossover of the two sports. So that's always a very busy time. Kyle Nedrip, Indianapolis Star, with us Fridays on the program. Kyle, thanks for checking in, and uh, we'll talk with you again next Friday. All right, man. Have a good weekend. All right, Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star. He's with us here in this Friday program. Kyle is great on high school sports, great on recruiting, keeps up with everything in our state from those perspectives, and has been a wonderful guest really since the very early days of this program. Uh, so great to have him with us here on our Friday show. Don't forget, high school football tonight, New Albany and Jeffersonville, 900 a.m. If you're looking for that broadcast, 1450 and 96.1 will have the St. X game, uh, some other programming going on tonight as well. But New Albany, Jeff, 900 a.m. But let me also appeal to you with this. The weather should be great, should be very, very comfortable this evening. Uh, head out to a football game. Check that New Albany-Jeff game out. Maybe it'll be your first football game of the season. Maybe there's another game on the docket. You want to get out and see the undefeated Pioneers of Providence. They should have an interesting game tonight as well. Lots of interesting ones out there as we get ready to prepare for tournament football coming up here down the line just a bit. So a fun, fun night and really a close to the season ahead of us. And, you know, yesterday I was talking about fall postseasons almost here and uh, soccer sectional pairings are out. I'd forgotten tennis sectionals are here. There was some tennis sectional action yesterday in our area, and that's going to continue as well. So we're entering the uh, good time of fall sports for our high school athletes, that's for sure. Football, volleyball, soccer, tennis, many more right now uh, ongoing. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Friday show. Check out New Albany and Jeff tonight, 900 a.m., and thanks again for dealing with us this week. I did not have a show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We've been getting a lot of things worked out in our new studios, but we are back. Still a few things you can probably tell with the phone line. We've got to get worked out, but we are making progress and appreciate your patience. And the good news is let's get everything worked out in advance of basketball season, right? Because our conversations daily on IU and local sports during those times are my favorite, and I'm sure that a lot of uh, the listeners would agree with that. Have a great weekend. Back with you Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>